Welcome, everybody, to the Draft Buff Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Josh Heebie-Jeebie Heber, and I'm your host. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in to the Draft Buff Podcast, uh, what you can look forward to finding here is information on how to dominate in Fantasy Call of Duty, Fantasy League of Legends, and Fantasy Overwatch League. Basically, whatever game is provided on Draft Buff, we're going to be talking about it right here so that you have a one-stop shop for all the information you need on any fantasy esport that you're participating in. Um, this week, we have a lot to look forward to. We had a week off of Fantasy Call of Duty. Uh, we're still waiting on Overwatch League to start, but both of those things are going to change this upcoming weekend. Overwatch League kicks off in New York and Dallas, and Call of Duty heads overseas all the way to London. Uh, and of course, League of Legends just keeps on trucking through our spring split. So we have lots to talk about this episode. Now remember, if you uh, are only interested in one, two, or maybe all three of these esports, don't worry, we're going to have timestamps in the description of this video or in the podcast that you're listening to. Um, that being said, last time at the end of our podcast, I asked for feedback and questions, and you guys were awesome at participating and giving me both of those. Uh, keep it coming. This podcast is only two episodes in, and I know we have a lot to improve on. Hopefully the audio quality is a little bit better this episode. I did some tweaking, so uh, just let me know. Give me any constructive criticism you got because and anything you want to see the show do. Again, I said it last time, but I want this podcast to be a podcast for you, the listener, uh, to better equip you in every way you can when heading into fantasy. So with all that intro stuff out of the way, let's jump into our fantasy games. First up, Call of Duty upcoming weekend is the first weekend that we get to witness the new tournament format that the CDL introduced uh, pretty late in the game but I think it's a change that almost any Call of Duty fan is excited for I'm excited for it I think it's going to produce a lot of exciting games but what does that mean for fantasy uh, that means that some teams are going to play a minimum of two games of the eight teams represented there that weekend and don't worry we'll talk about what teams aren't going and who you want to keep off your active roster uh, but just a reminder so Teams can play a minimum of two games and a maximum of five. That's a, if they go like two and one in their pool and then play two to get to the finals, you get it. Um, now, an important thing to keep in mind here is that Draft Buff uses the average score per map uh, type on an entire weekend. So uh, instead of just scoring really well in one game, they, uh, you need to be doing consistently well through all of them. Now... Sometimes that means teams who only play twice, uh, if you potentially are a really star performer on a very losing team, that means your fantasy points could go up there. Now, that is not something you want to bet on. Usually losing teams do not produce great fantasy points, but hey, in Fantasy Call of Duty, anything can happen. The field is still uh, pretty open. Now, uh, so other than the actual format change in the CDL this upcoming weekend, we have one more change that's actually coming to draft buff and in terms of how we're playing around with fantasy. Uh, and that change is that the AR pool of players is growing. Um, this is a change I mean, I'm personally excited for, uh, but I think it was a really smart change by draft buff. So I'm just going to list off the players that their role is now... Um, I wouldn't say exactly changing because they're not losing their previous role. It's just kind of being an addition. So Major Maniac, Weskins, Raided, Formal, Luca, and Skies were all currently non-AR players. They were their flex SMG. Um, or I guess Raided was technically an AR. Uh, they are now being both uh, their role and flex. Uh, Luca being SMG and flex. The rest moving to AR and flex. Meaning you could put them in either one of those locked positions on your draft team. 
I think this is a good decision. I, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter and on Reddit about maybe we should just destroy the flex role uh, as a whole, and, or maybe the AR role, and then just have four SMG, one AR each time. That doesn't make fantasy very fun, and it doesn't let you be very creative with the rosters you build. It, instead, it's just uh, trying to run and gun to grab those top picks and then see where the cards lay for the rest of the season. I, I think this decision is a really good one, and I'm excited to see uh, how people can use these players with their new change uh, in more lineups. Uh, this will give you the decision to be a little more flexible, maybe picking up some of those sleepers that you stashed on your bench for a while, and you're like, okay, this is finally time. I can move formal out of my AR-only slot into that flex slot, or other way around, from the flex to the AR. Uh, we could really see those teams pop up. So uh, that is all the format changes that you have to look forward to in Fantasy Call of Duty. Now, let's talk about <laughs> one rule of thumb in esports is that teams have bye weeks. Uh, League of Legends doesn't suffer from this. Overwatch League suffers much more from this, uh, but Call of Duty will still take a bit of the blow here. Four teams will not be going to London and will not be participating in Fantasy Call of Duty. Uh, those teams are the Minnesota Rocker, the Florida Mutineers, LA Optic, and the really big one, the high scorers, will be the Atlanta Phase. Uh, kind of unanimously decided to be the best team in the league uh, before la before the first weekend and during the first weekend. Uh, those top scorers, including Simp and is over a hundred and is the only member of the uh, pro 100 points club, not gonna be there. So you want to do your best to move those players out of your active roster. Now the question now begins, what do I do with those players? Do I drop them because I don't have enough people to fill my roster slot? Do I uh, do I try to trade to see if I can trick someone into getting an active player? Uh, because I, I'm going to say this as much as I can, playtime above all else. If you have a zero in a slot and your opponent doesn't, that's about 100 points that you're down. It's so almost impossible to make that up in, in uh, other scores. So uh, if any way you can avoid getting a zero, get players in there. So, But who do we drop? Who do we not? Now, I, I personally have the opinion that it depends per team. Do not drop your Atlanta Phase players. <laughs> Do not drop your Atlanta Phase players, please. Uh, those guys are unreal and will be collecting you so many fantasy points. Make sure they are still on your roster. Keep them, stash them to the bench, trade someone else if you have to. Um, Optic LA, I think, are potential drops. Now, I'm a little bit lower on them. I know I'm not as much of a Call of Duty historian, but I understand Slasher, Kenny. These guys are um, not Kenny anymore, I guess, but the or Dashy. These guys are unbelievably good, uh, and I think will score well eventually, but right now their stocks are pretty low. Um, I think this is a good opportunity to find maybe some of your Call of Duty uh, esports veterans in your uh, in your leagues who love those names and maybe make a trade for someone who will get you good points this weekend. Now, as a general rule of thumb, I don't like dropping uh, high scores off your fantasy leagues for weekends where they're not playing. Uh, I think, especially this early in the season, it's it's not a great decision. Again, it's a long season. We have like seven or eight more events uh, lined up to go. I'm probably getting that number wrong. But you have a lot more games to win. You don't want to throw your whole season on the first weekend to desperately try to put something together, especially when a team like Atlanta isn't going to London. 
Now, I think where you start dropping players because of bye weeks, even good players, is when you're down a couple of games or you need to get these must-win matchups in your bag before playoffs start. All right, and fantasy playoffs start before Call of Duty playoffs. Make sure you keep that in mind. Uh, but that is when you want to start dropping players. So on my Minnesota Rocker and the Florida Mutineers teams and those players, I am very hesitant. I think that Florida and Minnesota are both teams that only have a couple of really good fantasy scores on their team anyways. So I would maybe drop the like dead weight that you have on your team. I think that's fine. But I would try to keep them uh, their top scores as much as you can. I'm talking like Havoc, Brixini, or maybe an Assault for sure. So that is my... Uh, and God Rx. I'm big, big on God Rx. So that's my opinion on how to prep for off weeks for your teams on the players that you own on your fantasy league keep them for the most part unless their stocks are extremely low then you can ditch them and they might even be a safe pickup later because no one else is going to be reaching for those players they'll already have forgotten they exist because they had a bye week at the last event and recency bias is a dangerous dangerous weapon to play with in fantasy so keep that in mind now Let's talk about uh, how the scores went across roles, because this is an interesting topic, because you have uh, three lock spots on your default Call of Duty teams, but you have two utility spots, and I want to talk about where to use them. Now, last week, I know we said SMG always, uh, but after doing the average scores of each role, that actually changed up a bit. Um, Flex averaged 64.8, SMG averaged 62.2, and Assault uh, averaged 64.2. Those scores are so close together. In the end, I think that any role can score well if they are playing unbelievably well on the stage. Uh, that can be shown as Sim scoring unbelievably well in the SMG and then Assault scoring extremely well on the AR. Uh, it, honestly, it just comes down to performance on the day of, and that becomes a much harder game and honestly more fun to play if you're not just like, well, I just play my SMG players. So. That is exciting, and we can look forward to trying to predict the best teams or, like I say, the most competitive teams going into each week uh, to score you the most points in fantasy. Uh, my one little piece of advice, even if I'm going to to suck out the little bit of math I can from this, is that the utility slot is probably tended better towards the flex or the SMG role just because the trend seems that those players peak a bit higher and ARs kind of score well, but just kind of in that average 60 to 80 range, um, I would bet that your Flex or SMG probably have the chance to peak more. But honestly, just play. Just play who you think is going to score well. But that's my secret tip. Flex or SMG. But... That is enough about Call of Duty. I think that's enough to prep you for London. I'm super excited to see this. I'm excited to see what happens when Atlanta's out of the picture. Let's see who runs uh, Huntsman and Empire in, in the same pool. It's going to be interesting. Uh, my bold prediction of the weekend is that the New York subliners actually gain some traction and look way better than they did. It's hard to look worse than they did. Uh, and I think we're, we're really going to see the hometown advantage for London. I think their fans are going to come out in waves. Uh, and London already looked good in Minnesota, at least in one game. Uh, and I think they trash Paris this time around. So that's Fantasy Call of Duty for the week. Next up, we're going to jump into the LCS for League of Legends. All right, let's talk Fantasy League of Legends. LCS is heating up, and that's the one that we're talking about today. Um, the league is in full swing, so are your fantasy leagues. Hopefully you're doing better than me. 
I admittedly uh, don't have the best scoreline in my matchups, but I'm hoping to change that with the intel we've been gathering. Uh, the LCS only leagues admittedly are pretty shallow on player pool, so you're probably in the LCS LES combos or um, LC, L, LEC. Uh, so hopefully you're doing rather well, but uh, just a couple of things I want to talk about in terms of global LCS structure uh, for the draft buff system. So one, uh, Cloud9 looks absolutely unreal in the LCS. These guys look uh, unstoppable. I'm really excited about how well they're doing, uh, despite losing uh, a fan favorite and sneaky. Um, I think fantasy points wise, you never want to be dropping a Cloud9 player. Uh, if you're getting offers or anything like that, you covet those players. And if you don't have them, you get out there and search. Currently, Niski is like the best performer on my fantasy team in the mid lane. I'm very excited to have him. He's doing, Cloud9 is doing extremely well. Uh, so definitely hold on to those players tightly. Uh, but that's a piece of advice that you probably already knew. Here's my next one. Team Liquid was ranked as one of the best teams going into the LCS this spring split. Uh, I still think they're unbelievably good. However, they have been dropping some games where you may have not expect. Uh, and I mean, part of that is not having Brock set a play. Uh, hopefully someone has Shurnfire in your league and he's not still sitting on the free agents list. Uh, if he is, that definitely means that your league is probably a little bit inactive. Um, and that's all right. That means that Shurnfire can be picked up. Uh, however, I do think Liquid seems to be kind of getting their feet underneath them. Their performance seems to be increasing uh, in terms of quality. Uh, and I definitely think their fantasy points have started to reflect that. So Team Liquid is doing well. Uh, Doublelift is finally starting to perform close to where he should be. I don't think he's the number one draft pick in terms of his performance in fantasy recently. I mean, he was the most average number one draft pick, but I do not think that he was performing there. Uh, I think he's finally getting back into form and will be hopefully earning his keep very soon. Now, a team that I think is overperforming their keep, especially for where you drafted them probably, unless it was Aphromoo, uh, will be Dignitas. Dignitas has some unreal value. Aphromoo specifically has been scoring unbelievably well, especially in the support role. Uh, this team is uh, on an exciting path. I'm not sure how long it would last. I'm, I'm not sure if this is just an early season start and the, the rocket's flying now, but who knows when it runs out of fuel. Uh, but for now, this team has high, high stocks. Uh, and when a team has that, that's when you start looking to see when they would start to dip. Uh, if you think that Dignitas has some matchups that they may not win or a little shaky or are going to get horribly trounced, that is the time to sell. You want to sell as quickly as you can. Now... They have an upcoming game this week uh, against Cloud9, which we're going to talk about later in our money matchups category. I would not sell Dignitas here. I think Cloud9 is going to score well, but I think that Dignitas will pull up, put up a good fight. At least I'm hoping they will. I hope they challenge C9 at least a bit in this game because that means more fantasy value for both teams. I think the stocks will go up. Uh, so I think keep Dignitas around for now, but... If they start getting trounced this week and maybe the next, that's when you think to sell uh, to sell these players and sell them high because their average point value is going up. So make sure you keep that in the private message whenever you send it to your league partners to, to make that sale. <sighs> this is a sad one that I am uh, I'm really hurts me to say, but this week, CLG still is terrible. Uh, CLG is a team that I'm was personally been a fan of the org for a long time, but man, oh man, can they not put it together in terms of the LCS? They are doing very terribly, and so are their fantasy points. Uh, they did a little bit better this last week than they did the week previous, but man, can they not uh, succeed when it comes to that? 
On the flip side, FlyQuest has not been necessarily succeeding in the league that much, but their points uh, have been going up and up. They were one of the better scoring fantasy teams, uh, I think, of team performance overall. I think they were in the top three of LCS, maybe top four. Uh, so fantasy points-wise, they actually did rather well. Uh, however, in terms of... Uh, also, you're welcome for that money matchup from last week. Uh, but uh, who knows if that stock will continue. Wild Turtle is a name that specifically has been really succeeding, definitely on the fantasy foreground. I think... Uh, a sleeper that a lot of people didn't consider to be extremely good. Um, definite, well, okay, I shouldn't say that. I will say didn't consider to be very good in fantasy. Uh, in LCS, yeah, it's definitely a name recognized, definitely a name sought after, so that for sure. But um, my belief is that, well, Turtle could be a sleeper, uh, so good on you if you got him. I think he's giving you insane points. Now, let's get to the bulk of the show uh, in terms of League of Legends, and that's going to be our money matchups and our flops. Which teams are going to be competitive, net you high points, and which ones are just going to be blowouts that aren't really going to get you uh, get you anything. The first one I want to talk about is TSM versus Dignitas. Now, I have a little bit more faith than I think the general community does in TSM. Let's face it, y'all have been burned before. Uh, but I think that TSM can, uh, can put up a, a fight against Dignitas, and, and likewise. Uh, I think this game will be close. Uh, I think it'll be contested. These uh, TSM does look like kind of an inconsistent, doesn't know when to engage, maybe takes the, the back foot too often, but Dignitas seems to be the opposite. Um, hopefully hopefully that results in some good points. Maybe Dignitas will just outthink and outspeed them and will be a little too unfortunate, but hopefully TSM has a couple of counter punches ready to go and therefore will score well. The next team is going to be Cloud9 versus Dignitas. Maybe my personal stock is way too high on Dignitas this week. I feel like I've said that name 400 times. But hey, they're scoring well and they're doing well in the league. And I think that means that you need to have your eye on them in terms of fantasy. Uh, if, you're playing in those, if you're playing in the European and North American leagues, I would start looking to try to pick up these guys on your team. Now, I don't know if they're scoring, like, top of the league anywhere. I don't think they're G2 or Cloud9 at this point. But they are scoring somewhat well and are competitive. Therefore, I think they can only trend upwards for now. Uh, that's why I'm saying Cloud9 versus Dignitas. Going to be a competitive match. Going to be a fun one. Uh, I'm excited to watch it myself. But, uh, but I do think I'm going to be watching the scoreline more so. Hopefully buffing my fantasy points up a little bit from where they were. Now, this last one is definitely my most questionable money matchup uh, of the week, and that's going to be Immortals versus 100 Thieves. Now, this one, like I said, I, I'm more questioning it, but uh, I think Xmithy can finally carry this team on his shoulders and drag them to a win, because uh, 100 Thieves, not looking very good either. Uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe just two middling teams, and two middling teams can net you good points sometimes, because that gives more of a space for a player to carry. I don't think necessarily that either of these teams as a whole, their stock is going to go up, but I think specific players on either of these teams can do really well. I'm looking at the jungle, I'm looking at Meteos, I'm looking at I'm looking at Xmithy to really pop off this match and, and net you those points. I'm really hoping for it because I do not want to have to put Wiggly back in. Please, please, Immortals, don't make me put Wiggly back in my league. All right, uh, with the money matches, of course, uh, before... After the lightning comes the thunder? 
Uh, and the thunder in that case is a good thing, but in this case, it's a bad thing, and that's the flops of the week. Um, these are matches that I think are just going to be absolute blowouts, and the good teams won't even have enough time to net enough points to make it worth playing them in your fantasy leagues. First up, Cloud9 versus FlyQuest. Um, FlyQuest is looking better, and like I said before, it's kind of a sleeper team when it comes to fantasy, but this last week of performance didn't really make me have any confidence about them, and Cloud9 looks just like the team to beat right now. They look like they have a target on their head. I don't think FlyQuest is going to be shooting straight enough to hit it right in the bullseye, so my bet is that this game's a flop. I think that, yeah. I just don't think that FlyQuest has the tools to really force Cloud9 to play their best, and therefore I think it's going to be a flop in terms of watching and in terms of fantasy points. This next one, man, I'm getting real tired of saying Golden Guardians in the flops category, but I don't know how long, I don't know if I'll ever be able to stop. Uh, this team definitely looked like the worst on paper going into the season, and sure doesn't look good now that the season's started. Maybe they're surprising some people, but I think on average they're uh, a real disappointment to have here in the league. Team Liquid, like I said, I have faith that they're kind of got their feet on, on the ground. Uh, and that they're going to be racing forward. So I think that this game, again, will be a flop. I think that Cloud9 sweeps FlyQuest. I think Team Liquid does similar to Golden Guardians. Uh, and I don't think that this either of these games will be particularly close. And I don't think that you'll be upping those kill numbers uh, for that column to net you the real, real points. So that's League of Legends. Uh, like I said before, I want to be talking more about uh, the LEC or the European games as much as I can. Uh, but like I said, I'm slowly learning the scene. I'm getting there. Don't worry. I know what teams are good now. I know what teams aren't. Uh, and I'm definitely making it work. So uh, thank you for bearing with me in the Draft Buff podcast. Thank you for letting me be able to learn this new esport and kind of join this community. I'm really excited about it. Uh, and the fantasy games are a blast. I I'm not going to lie. They're so much fun. Uh, these teams are playing every week. I'm really excited about it. So uh, here's to uh, here's to a good season of League of Legends. And uh, let's talk about the next esports starting up this weekend, Overwatch League. All right, Overwatch League finally starts this weekend. They're playing in New York and Dallas. Going to be a great couple of home stands. I'm really excited. Uh, Dallas has put on some great ones before, and New York's fan base seems to be one of the best in the league. So in terms of hosting, I have no doubts about this weekend. Uh, in terms of the match quality, a little bit less confident, but I think there's still some great value to be had in fantasy for this first weekend, uh, so we're going to dig into it. First note, though, is that fantasy in Overwatch on DraftBub works a little bit differently than all the other leagues. Uh, instead of the matchup just lasting one week to counteract the weird, crazy, traveling Overwatch League schedule, uh, your matchups will now be two weeks long instead of the original uh, just one week. Uh, this means that your weekly matchup will hopefully encompass two or uh, four homestands instead of the two, getting as many teams into the viable player pool as possible. Uh, remember, Draft Buff still does their average scoring, so or, but it's average per map. Uh, average per match, sorry, not per map. Uh, Call of Duty does map, but Overwatch League, just with the API and how it works, we have to do per match. So that is a very interesting note. Uh, still means that the longer these games go on, the more fantasy points are going to grow. So the map fives that we're looking for, uh, which is fully possible, I think you can even technically get to map six. No, I think it's just max five, because uh, we're doing a first to three format now in the Overwatch League. Uh, you want to find those teams as much as you can. Uh, 
Valiant was weirdly won in season two, uh, as well as, as Philly and just these teams that are always being a little bit competitive to push as much as they can to earn you fantasy points where you thought there'd be none. So you want to keep that uh, in mind. So, but that is the first big announcement about Overwatch on Draft Buff is that your matches are now two weeks long. So keep that in mind when setting your roster because at the moment, your roster locks and you are stuck with that roster for the full two weeks. You can't edit that roster uh, in between. So yeah, you want to make sure you keep an eye out for that. That could be changing later. I'm not sure. My personal opinion, I, I don't like it too much. I, I'd rather like the roster's lock. I think it adds a little bit more element of, of skill to it and rather rather than just uh, set it and forget it kind of thing. But who knows? It's more of a majority thing, not just my opinion. Um, the last thing I want to note is that this Overwatch, uh, this week has been a lot of news coming out. And one of those uh, pieces of news is Hero Pools. So now... Hero Pools has been discussed at nauseum online on every other podcast ever to cover Overwatch. Uh, but if you are just coming to Overwatch League for fantasy, I want to talk to uh, talk a little bit about it from that perspective. Basically, what I think it does is it pumps up some players' value and it brings others down. Uh, one tricks are, are dead in Overwatch League, but they kind of already have been. There's very few players that are just a one trick. I think the closest would come to some of the Widowmaker specialists or maybe even like your Tracer one tricks, but those are not really existent. Striker would be one, but he's already shown to play uh, various other heroes like Junkrat, Widow, even Reaper to all an extremely good level. So uh, I don't think one tricks really even existed in the first place. Uh, I do think, though, that your Swiss Army Knife-style players are going to go up in value. The ones that can flex to anything no matter what. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is, is Surefor. That guy can uh, that guy can play literally anything and do it rather well. I think his stock in fantasy has definitely gone up. I don't think he leaves the stage. And like I've said before, that's the most important thing. Especially on DPS, you don't want them rotating. Uh, I think that you want to find your players that are not going to leave that stage and be very consistent in fantasy points. Uh, in Overwatch, you're definitely looking for peak performances to try to score better than your opponent. But more than anything, you're looking for consistency. Because with this schedule being shaken up and with uh, Overwatch being one of the only esports that actually uses subs during games, uh, you want consistent points rather than peak points. So... That's another good tip from me. Um, now, like I said before, map fives or six or whatever we get to is going to be the big scoring. So money matchups are a very real thing in Overwatch League. Uh, and I want to talk to you about the ones that we have upcoming. And I'll give you some of the flops as well. Uh, okay, so the first one we have is going to be at the Dallas homestand. But Dallas is not included in this one. I have the LA Gladiators versus the Vancouver Titans. Now... Admittedly, uh, this is literally my number one and two uh, favorite team. I love the Gladiators. I was a fan of them since their inception, and I will be until Chicago gets a team. Uh, and then Vancouver, because I'm Canadian, and I chose them when they were both introduced as the expansion teams. Uh, they're my number two. So I'm very excited about this game. So maybe this is a bit of just like a homer pick sensation coming in. But I do think that both of these teams, on average, in the power rankings are at least above 10. Uh, I, if not top eight. So I think that this game is going to be very competitive. I think that both these teams have, uh, or Vancouver has much the same look with a couple, a uh, little bit of depth pickups and then a change in the main tank spot, which I think Fisher is actually a great change. I don't think he's good for fantasy because main tanks don't score very well. Uh, look back at the last episode if you want to hear my who scores well and who doesn't, who to put in your roster. 
Um, but I think that Gladiators and Vancouver players will both score you well in fantasy, definitely securing that one as a money matchup. Now this next one, I'm way less sure on that will actually be competitive, but I wanted to put it in because I do think there's a off chance that this game is a flash in the pan and this team gets pushed. Uh, that's going to be the New York Excelsior versus the London Spitfire. Now, the former, I definitely think, is favored to win this game and to win it handily. Uh, I'm just giving London a bit of the edge uh, to make this competitive, not to win. I want to make that very clear. I'm not predicting London to win. I'm predicting the game to be slightly competitive and to net you big points. Uh, I'm only saying that because London has a completely new look. Uh, Krillin is the only lasting member of this last season. Um, and apparently they're doing an A and B team kind of scrim. So odds are that New York hasn't seen the look from this team. I think that London could throw some cheese at the Excelsior and maybe get uh, a really good performance out of them. Now this next one is actually going to come from your second week matchup. So maybe I'll talk about it on the next episode, but I want to discuss it a little bit. Uh, this is kind of my sleeper money matchup pick, if, if that would even exist. Uh, that would be the Florida Mayhem versus the Houston Outlaws. Now I think uh, Mayhem coming in with a new look, but also Houston, I think they're relatively around the same level in power rankings. Houston definitely having the edge in that regard. Uh, but when these two teams are ranked close together and we've seen no official matches, I'm going to call that one a money matchup. I think that this game could could be competitive. Not saying that it will, but this is my prediction as of now. I'll be able to give you much more secure opinions when I've actually seen these teams play, uh, which will be in two weeks. So have a look out for that. Now, I have to talk about it uh, because uh, it's something important, but I do think it's been talked about a ton already. Uh, the coronavirus is obviously an extremely um, horrible thing and a real problem when it comes to uh, world travel, and that's going to affect the Overwatch League in a, in a significant way. By the way, I think the Overwatch League made absolutely the right decision. There's no reason that those homestands should should have continued in any fashion. Very glad they were canceled. Now, those games uh, that were being played there have yet to be decided by the league staff what's going to be happening, or at least it's been yet to be announced. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be played online. We don't know if they're going to be played in Korea. Uh, we don't know if those matches are going to be canceled and then tagged on to later homestands off the teams nearby or something like that. Um, all of these are viable options. However, when it comes to fantasy, I wanted to talk about it. If these games are played online, it'll be included in your two-week matchup. Uh, and so I just want to say there are so many good matches in that Shanghai homestand, or what was supposed to be the Shanghai homestand. You have Dynasty versus Spark, Shanghai versus Seoul, or uh, Dragons versus the Dynasty, and you have the Dragons versus the Hunters. I think every single one of these matches, and then there, of course there's one more game, but which I also think is good. I think every one of those matchups is really a coin flip of who's going to win. Uh, I think Shanghai is looking easily the best, but Dynasty's got some star power on their roster. Uh, Spark looks shaky, but have like kind of proven people wrong in the past. And Hunters are a, honestly a kinder surprise of value. So who knows? I think that Jinmu is one of the, a lot of people's sleeper picks for fantasy, so... Honestly, all four of those games seem like great, great, great fantasy point value. Uh, Shanghai is a concerning one because of their large stack of DPS. Who knows who's going to be playing? Uh, but I think Spark, Dynasty, and Chengdu, all definitely you can uh, be a little bit more secure in what DPS. So... 
this is a thing to keep your eye on. Hopefully in the next couple days we get an announcement of what's going to be happening with those games on when they're scheduled. So if they're included in your two-week matchup, you can put those players on your roster comfortably because uh, we don't know if we'll be able to edit mid-week or, or mid-between weekends. So you definitely want to be sure that you can your players that you're playing will be scoring you points. Obviously, that is an important thing to note, but I just wanted to say. So, um, I could talk about more in-depth in numbers. Everyone is, uh, it's the midst of drafting season right now for Overwatch League. I myself have been drafting basically like it's a part-time job. Uh, so, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I love the draft buff drafts. Uh, I like how they have the players ranked. So, if you have a team member who can't be there, then it just gets auto-drafted. It's really, really cool. Um, so, if you're still wanting to draft, you have time before the season starts. Um, and it was asked before in a YouTube comment as well, but you can draft after the season starts. That's totally fine. Your drift, your fantasy season is just going to be uh, a little bit shorter than everybody else's, but that shouldn't impact your league or the competitive competitiveness of it at all. Honestly, it's really fun to draft after you've seen how the players are scoring on average uh, and maybe have a little bit more informed opinion of it going in. Takes a little bit of the randomness and, you know, the, the Twitter and Reddit research that you do, uh, but it still is a really fun environment. So just to answer that question, you absolutely can still play uh, even though the league's ended. So that's Overwatch League. Uh, I'm so excited to watch. This is going to be a really fun uh, homestand format. I'm excited for it. I'm really hopeful that my uh, belief in the power of being the home crowd gets you some wins, gets you some fantasy points. I want to see Dallas Field scoring well this weekend. I want to see New York Excelsior scoring this weekend because of how many times I've drafted Libero. Please play Libero New York. Um, but that does it for the Overwatch League coverage. Have fun watching this week. Uh, and that's all I got. All right, this brings us to the final section of the show, and that is our fantasy mailbag. Uh, so... I wanted to do this uh, every single week. Uh, I want to take questions from you, the listeners, whether it be from Twitter, whether it be on Discord, uh, and answer them. So I uh, give you my best fantasy advice. Uh, whatever I can offer you, I want to do it. Uh, and if I can do this specifically, that's great. Uh, in the future, I think I'll put these at the end of each of the sections so it's a bit more specific. Just in case if you're asking the question and you only listen to that part of the show, uh, I'll make sure it's in there. But just for this time, I wanted to collect the questions. But uh, there's only one that we got so far, uh, and that comes from Flatulent Monkeys on Discord. Uh, thanks so much. Basically asked, uh, what on earth do we do with Toronto in terms of Call of Duty? Uh, now... Toronto has their, uh, they're the gigantic roster team, if you weren't aware, uh, and they have not subbed at all, uh, as far as I know, in the two games they've played. Now, also the question was, what do we do with Brack, uh, and why is their best player on the bench anyways? Um, I personally have a bit lower opinion of Brack than you do, Flash and the Monkeys, I'm sorry. Uh, but honestly, in terms of Toronto, I think that the only two players worth keeping are going to be Methods and Classic. Uh, I think those two... Uh, I think those two members of that team will score well. Uh, the rest of the team did not look very good in fantasy. I don't see that changing in the coming weeks unless London shows me anything different. Those two players, I think, are the only members of value on Toronto. I don't think I own any other Ultra members. I think you start dropping them like flies. But uh, Methods and Classic, I think, are both worth uh, both worth keeping. Um Methods definitely like starter material and then classic potentially a bench store. Uh, but I think for the most part, I would drop Toronto. 
So thank you so much for listening to the second episode of the Draft Buff Podcast. Uh, I love doing this. Uh, it is really fun to talk fantasy in three different esports. Thank you for being patient with me as I learn some of these scenes and we get more in depth. Uh, definitely going to be much more informed about the LEC and just like the LCS or sorry, the European <laughs> League. I keep messing up the actual name. But uh, follow the Draft Buff podcast. Uh, account on twitter we're posting clips of the podcast on there um and f come into the draft buff discord in there is a channel uh titled podcast mailbag there you can put any questions pertaining to fantasy whatsoever in there and i will answer them on the show uh, i love making this show for you the listener so definitely uh put those questions in there so i can talk directly to you and help you in your league that can be starter sit questions uh questions about the upcoming format uh questions about if i'm playing a bad opponent what do i do if i'm playing a really good opponent what risk can i take to really get the edge uh, i want to get more in depth if i can and the podcast mailbag section is the best section to do that so make sure you're answering questions uh, if you watch the show on youtube you can totally find us on any podcast platform as well if you want to just listen to the audio and vice versa if you're listening to the podcast on an rss feed somewhere uh, we also have video version of youtube which is just my head talking at the moment but look forward to some more changes coming potentially Ooh. <laughs> otherwise you can find me at josh the geek on twitter that's da in the middle of josh and geek uh and you can follow me there or just message me on discord uh, at ebgb um i'd love to talk to you about fantasy love to play you in some games so uh look forward to that i host another podcast called foul play that one's just focused on overwatch though and it goes much more in depth and it has like segments and it's, it's very much a well-formed overwatch uh overwatch league fantasy show so check that out if you're interested in something like that or check out the other myriad of podcasts a uh, small shout out to a new one starting is the bad pathing league of legends uh podcast they are doing just league of legends based fantasy stuff so shout out to them uh, but otherwise, guys, enjoy the Call of Duty event uh, starting in London this weekend. Enjoy the Overwatch League Season 3 kickoff starting this weekend. Very excited about that. Uh, and keep enjoying those League of Legends leagues. Uh, post me your crazy weeks. I love seeing that stuff. But anyways, I got to stop talking. Thank you so much for listening to the Draft Buff Podcast Episode 2. I hope to see you next week. Uh, and yeah, talk to me about any questions you have fantasy-wise. Thanks. See you later.